Genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one minute at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today we're going to be talking about Minute 11, which starts with Gollum seeing the ring and ends with Frodo holding Gollum at sword point. Yeah. So this is a, this is a fight scene mm-hmm. and there's a lot of Gollum jumping around like a madman. <laughs> uh, watching that Gollum featurette that we mentioned last week um there was a lot of footage from this scene in particular they make a point to show the footage that they shot with andy circus interacting with sean astin and then they kind of walk you through the process of choosing Gollum's movements and how to like not quite how to paint him out but like they show like painting it painting out Andy Circus in the white jump like spandex jumpsuit that he's wearing and kind of putting a golem model in and they use his movements but not entirely like because Andy Circus is a human being it would make sense for him to do a movement in this fight scene like to just I don't I don't even know if they choreographed this but basically it was like scuffle and so they scuffle and Andy Circus, I think, does like a headbutt or something. Yeah, he had in the original Sean footage, but it makes more sense as Gollum because Gollum is more spindly and more flexible and whatever. So the move, the static movement of just putting Gollum headbutting is not as uh, active or engaging as what Gollum does. I think or he just like bite him, grabs him by the neck. No, like he, the sequence ends with. With the bite, but, like, I think he, like... Oh, he, uh, he, like, grabs the back of his head and, like, pulls yeah, on Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, so, like, pulling Sean. Sean Astin is still doing the movement, but they're reincorporating the movement in a different context yeah. using the digital thing, which is really cool. Yeah, because Gollum fights dirty by pulling hair and biting. Yeah. And scratching and choking. Uh, the, the face that Gollum makes when he's trying to get the ring, it's, like, 15 seconds into the minute, I think. When he's, like, huffing and biting his lip. Yeah, and then he his eyes bulge and he, like, kind of strains a little more. Gets me every time. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> it, it's funny that you... I think it's really funny, too. And in the, the director comment... The director-writer commentary, Peter Jackson says that that was the shot that when he got it back, like, sold him on this working. Oh, nice. Was the was the huffin' puffin' Gollum face. And something about Gollum that I like, and I think it's just kind of a nice little visual way to show that they're connected in more than just the ring, is that Gollum also has blue eyes. Mm. So Gollum and Frodo both have blue eyes. I've never, like, put that together before. Like, just, just like another connection that they share? Or... Yeah, just like another thing that they have in common. Like Harry and Voldemort. Oh. <laughs> I hope Voldemort doesn't have Lily's eyes. That'd be weird. No, you know what I mean? Like, they have, like, weird connections. So. Yeah. Um, I was reading the passage, uh, the chapter in Two Towers, that 
involves them finding Gollum, or rather Gollum finding them. Um, in the book, they don't set a trap. Like, Gollum just falls ass over tea kettle uh, off the cliff. Because, like, there's a stretch of, like, five, well, not five, but, like, mm, like the last little bit of the cliffside that Sam and Frodo are sheltering under is, like, a sheer rock wall instead of having the little cracks and stuff that mm. he can maneuver down. And he, it's raining, so he, like, slips and falls. Um, and then Sam tackles him. So, again, I'm not entirely sure what they were thinking to accomplish by trying to trap him. But it's really cool rereading some of this um, now that we've started analyzing minute by minute. Because a lot of the description, like... Gollum climbing head first down the cliff like a strange spider like he's got like sticky pads on his limbs and all this this description is really little spider hobbit yeah but okay so I know that they say that he is from like he's a river folk folk yeah and yet when Sam goes to like suplex him or whatever that wrestling move is where he picks him up yeah. and then wants to go throw him like throw him over the over his yeah, back yeah. yeah did i use the right terminology yeah it's a suplex. yay i'm learning useless crap uh, <laughs> when he goes to suplex Gollum, Gollum is clearly larger than both of them yeah but the the hobbits in the brie area are larger than the hobbits in the shire proper anyway I and the river folk because, are from the Bree area. I thought that was because they were just interbreeding with humans. I don't think they can interbreed with humans. Why not? They're not humans. They're humanoid. Yeah. Elves and people can breed. We know that. Yeah, that's established. But I don't think the hobbits and people can. Why not? I don't know. I just, just don't get, think they can. You just get like a slightly smaller human. I mean, I, I guess. With less hairy feet. But... I feel like that'd be closer to halfway in between their heights and not still, like, three three and a half foot tall. I guess it depends on genetic stuff. But, like, over time, wouldn't it, like... Like, if there's some guy like Vigo has a half-hobbit kid, I feel like that kid's gonna be, like, over five feet tall. Well, I mean, my dad was over six foot, and I'm really short, so... <laughs> yeah, but you're still over five feet tall. Right. I'm not... My mom is not a hobbit, <laughs> You're going to be closer to halfway between the heights. I guess. I don't know. I thought that I thought they were taller because there's like a like an urban legend or whatever that the the Bree hobbits were descended from men. All hobbits. Well, according to some of the ancillary material, hobbits are closer related to men than they are to dwarves, which is a common misconception among the other races of Middle-earth. Yeah. So they're closer related to men. That makes, I mean, that's not, I I would assume so. Like, dwarves are, I mean, all Hobbit women aren't bearded, for one. Right. But they live underground, and they're right. small, so people are like, oh, they must be like dwarves. So, I don't think, I, I don't think humans and Hobbits can breed. The, okay. The only, the only example of cross-racial breeding is humans and elves. But elves are so, like, fundamentally different than humans in that one is immortal and one is mortal i mean if you take the 
the origin myths into account, like the Silmarillion and stuff, they are, I guess both elves and men were designed by Eru. They were designed by the same guy, so they fit together. Okay, but if hobbits are descended from men, and they're not like dwarves, where one of the Valar decided they were going to try their hand at creating a race. I mean, we don't really know where hobbits came from. Okay, but if you're saying that hobbits are descended from men. That they're closer related to men. That's, okay, the, that's the closest you get to they any have a common. Okay, they have a common ancestor. They're not like dwarves. <laughs> they're not like elves. They were men. So, sure. if hobbits are descended from men, why... If they have a common ancestor, why can't they, like, have a baby? I just, I, I get, I get the feeling that they can't. Like, if they, if they could. And, like, the elf human thing is not like a donkey and a horse make a mule. Like, clearly half elves <laughs> can have babies because that's where Aragorn right. and Arwen come from. That's the whole from. line of Numenor. <laughs> right. Uh, so. Right. But. The closest we get to any sort of I'm description... I'm just saying anything is possible. <laughs> anything is possible. The closest description we get to, like, where hobbits came from is they are closer to men than they are to dwarves, and no one really knows where they came from. Right. That's pretty much exactly how it's spelled out in the Silmarillion. It doesn't even say they're descended from men. But they don't even, like... They just they just appeared. Right, but that's not possible. In a, in a world where you're established... Like, mythology is that a, a creator deity Creates made everything. things, yeah. yeah. What? That's, that's, that's like a, an anomaly. Something happened that Eru did not intend. I, there was a hobbit. I mean, that happens a lot. I think then your, like, potency is like an all-seeing, all-creator deity is lost. Well, you know, he, he sits outside I of time. I don't think, okay, but I don't think... That he didn't intend for it to happen because, like, this whole thing with Sauron, Sauron is Amaya, mm-hmm. and he served Morgoth, mm-hmm. and Morgoth, what was his, is that his post-fallen or pre-fallen name? Morgoth is his post-fallen name. Okay, so... He was Melkor Melkor, before. Melkor. I, I knew it was an M. That totally doesn't sound evil. I was like, Mordred? And I was like, no, that's Arthurian legend. Um, <laughs> but, okay, so... Melkor was, for all intents and purposes, an angel. He rebels, but his rebellion is a part of Eru's plan. Because Melkor, through his rebellion, um, he, like, channels different powers and then there's that scene there that 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 bit in the Silmarillion where yeah. I was like well look at you know like the combination of your brother I don't the stuff because of Melkor's rebellion you've created clouds and yeah. rain and, and all snow this other and stuff whatever um that's Ulmo right the yeah. water one yeah mm-hmm. so if Morgoth and his lieutenant Sauron they have origins in the original creator myth mm-hmm and if Eru's, like, intention with the world is to have elves, his, like, the, the children of, of Iluvatar is elves and men. Elves are first. And if elves are supposed to seed the world to men, which is what happen- is happening now in right. this, in this um, story, Lord of the Rings, if that's supposed to happen, 
and men are corrupted by the power of Sauron, which in turn is the power of Morgoth, mm-hmm. because Sauron draws his power from Morgoth to a certain extent. Like, he has his own power, but all of his power is corrupted in right. the service of evil. Right. Like, Morgoth had big, crazy elemental powers right. like the other Valar. Right, right. And Sauron has just uh, wizard Mind powers. Control powers. Wizard powers. Okay. He's a wizard. Yeah. You're a wizard, Sauron. Um, okay. So, if men are supposed to take over from the elves, but men are susceptible to the power of, the corrupting power of the ring, mm-hmm. why wouldn't hobbits be preordained in the, the the scope of this myth? Why wouldn't hobbits be created for the purpose of intervening on behalf of both elves and men mm. in ridding the evil from this world? Okay. I don't even like fate. We talked a lot about fate (laughs) last time. I know. But, okay, in the context of your mythology. Yes. If elves can't handle it, and men clearly can't handle it, then why, like, and, like, hobbits magically can? Like, that's not an accident. So one of the things about hobbits that is pretty heavily implied by the story and some of the stuff in the Silmarillion is that the greater powers in Middle-earth didn't really know that they existed. Like, Gandalf... Saruman only knows because Gandalf knows. Saruman only knows about the hobbits because Gandalf knows about the hobbits. Okay. Sauron only knows about the hobbits because Saruman knows about the hobbits. Right. They had no idea they existed. And yet, they're ancient beings from the beginning of time. So, they were created separately and no one was told. Right, but that's not to say that they just sprung from the ground, just or, appeared. Or, as... Because if the hobbits just appeared, they're either A, from an entirely different dimension and just wound up in Middle-earth. <laughs> there was like a wormhole, they just appeared. And then they are like, okay, well, you know, this area that we happen to land in is really nice, so I guess we'll farm it and establish a community here right or b they are like just godlike beings <laughs> in a tiny three-foot package they're always brave and steadfast they're like tiny <laughs> little deus ex machinas walking around petting cows stealing apples like what just, so <laughs> all right what? Let's, let's, okay because like let's, even though the dwarves were not a part of the plan, they were created by a higher power. Right. They were created by uh, a Valar. Well, maybe the hobbits were too. But, but then which why, one? Why didn't, okay, why didn't the Valar get in trouble for making hobbits? Maybe they learned from, from all his mistakes and <laughs> didn't let dad find out. But he is supposed to know everything. Like, he wrote the song that created the universe. Yeah. If you're writing the song... And someone in, like, the tuba section messes up, you're going to hear it. Or if someone in the string section messes up enough to create an entire race of beings, it's not like you just, like, missed a bow stroke or something. That's like going off on a solo in the middle of, like, a completely different song. Yeah. Well, I mean, Alla created the dwarves long after the song was over. Yeah. But that's why, that's why he got in so much trouble, is because, like... 
Iluvatar was like, why are you creating things? That's my shtick? Well, may- maybe back in the beginning of the song, Yavanna imagined some small, mysterious, childlike race of people and sung them into being. But And Arrow was like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, okay, but that still... Because like, that's how the Ents were created, and the Eagles. She just imagined when the song was being sung of things to protect the wild from people. And then... Eru took that and made it real. Maybe the hobbits have some sort of similar origin. Right, but... But we don't know. Right, that's not what I'm saying, though. Like, because you're saying they just appeared. Like, that's not... That's not being, like, sung into being, as the mythos suggests everything else to be. You know what I mean? Like, if they were... To quote Bob Ross. If they weren't a part... No. Perhaps. No, they're not happy little accidents. Okay, so if, if... If you're writing a piece of music... And you, I don't know, like you just happen upon a theme and then go explore that theme later. That's one thing. That's like, you create something and then you're like, oh, okay, I'll use that later. That's not appearing from nowhere. Well, as far as the rest of the world is concerned, that is exactly where hobbits came from. But also, nowhere. okay, if the hobbits have been there forever, like why haven't they had like a hobbit empire? Because <laughs> they have no interest in conquering I guess. Hobbits have no have no interest in conquering or war. But okay, so if the elves are going from the sh- like from Middle Earth to the Grey Havens, you have to go on the outskirts of the Shire to get there. Yeah. So the elves eventually found them. Right. But, but the they elves don't have been interact. going to the Grey Havens for like hundreds of thousands of years. So, well, there's a break in time where they're not, but there is a guy living out there. Right. There's a guy living out there. I, he's pretty tight with Elrond. I'm pretty sure they like write letters back and forth like, hey, Elrond, check out these weird little people. So, you know, the elves in the northeastern part of Middle Earth, the, the elves in the northeastern part of Middle Earth know the hobbits are there. So did the northern kingdom of men right. at the height of its power. Oh, it's so confusing. So... A little digging happened. The magic of the internet. Of editing. The magic of editing. (laughs) So, some research here. So, part of the fictional history of hobbits... I'm sorry that I wasn't anticipating it going this way. (laughs) Is that they themselves have no idea how they're related to the big people they have forgotten. Okay. So, they don't know their... Hobbits don't know their origin and neither does anybody else. Right. That's just... A matter of fact. No, okay. I, I got gotcha. you. Uh, but at one time, there were three major tribes of hobbits. They crossed the Brandywine River. They got permission from the Northern Kingdom to go settle the Shire. And then over time, their numbers in the Shire area dwindled. Mm-hmm. And after the Fourth Age, they dwindled to be incredibly small. Like, throughout the Fourth Age. But So this is after Lord of the Rings. Right, but it during... Sometime in the past, when the Northern Kingdom existed, hobbits lived between the River Anduin and, like, between Mirkwood and the Misty Mountains. Okay. In that, the Anduin, Mirkwood, Misty Mountains area. And became part of the Northern Kingdom, and then a bunch of hobbits got permission to go settle across the Brandywine, and that's where all the hobbits eventually wound up in what is now the Shire. And the first Thane is the ancestor of the Brandybucks, was the first Thane of the Shire. Okay. But... The hobbits don't really remember where they came from. They believe that they're related to the big people, but they have no idea how. But in all that time, if they could breed with men, I feel like there would be a larger group kind of called out as being, like, specifically and factually called out as being half-hobbits, the same way the Dunedain are half-elves. 
That's my point okay. at the end of all of this. Okay. If it was possible, there would be a splinter civilization of them the same way there are the rangers. There's not, so I assume the implication is they can't. Okay. This says in the year 1050 of the Third Age, they crossed into the Shire. They crossed over the Misty Mountains into the Shire. And 1601, which is one year one in Shire Reckoning. So what does Bilbo say the year is? 14-something. Four, uh, 14... I don't remember. It's 14-something. I keep wanting to say 1492, but my but brain is like, I, no, not correct. stop that. Um, it's it's a low number in the 1400s. Yeah. I think it's 14... Isn't it 1401? Might be. So yeah, the... Okay, so... The journey of the fellowship happens in 1418. By Shire Reckoning. By Shire Reckoning. So yeah, it'd be 1401 at the beginning of the book. Because there's 17 years. Right. See? You are correct. 1401. 14... It's... Yeah. Yeah. By Shire Reckoning. Wow. What? I don't know. I guess I just imagined the third age to be shorter than other ones, but... No, all the ages are like thousands of years. In the it's... year 34, 34. <laughs> yeah, in the year 34, 34 of the, thir- of the second, second age. age. Yeah. And that's the end of the second age. Not long after that is the end of the second age. Okay. Because then they begin the third age after the fall of Sauron. Yeah. And then the end of the third age is so the So if it's of Sauron. like 1601, the reckoning of men is the beginning of Shire time right so then it's 3019 right yeah third age okay. time okay okay anyway um so why is Gollum taller than? <laughs> because the hobbits and Bree are taller because the three kinds of hobbits that existed one is bigger and more robust than the others yeah but and those are the river folk but if 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 Gollum and he is a river folk but he's not technically from Bree because they hadn't settled had they not settled in Bree's on the, the Shire yet uh but Bree is on the eastern side of the Brandywine. Yeah, I know. It's it's on the side of the Brandywine that the hobbits were on before they crossed. Yeah. But Gollum's only had the ring for 500 years, so that still tracks. Okay. With the settling of the Shire. Weird. I don't think it's intended that... I don't know. It, yeah. See, the, the Stewers, the second most numerous kind of hobbit. Were sh- but it says shorter and stockier. And they had an affinity for water boats and swimming. Oh, they were shorter and stockier. But Gollum, I don't know, Gollum's big. He's just a big dude. But he's like a foot taller. I don't think he really least. is. Yeah, his his feet and his limbs are like dragging on the ground when Sam tries to pick him up. And if Sam is, how tall is Sam? Like three feet, three and a half feet? I don't know how tall Sam is. Because um, Mary and Pippin are the tallest and they're over four feet. Right, but an amount of their height you have to discount. By the end of the journey, they're over four feet. Right. And they grow like what? Like six inches. Five, six inches. Yeah. So if they are tall to begin with, because they're uh, like royalty and they're taller. Well, yeah, Pippin's dad is the thing of the Shire. Yeah. So if Sam must be... They might not even ever tell you how tall Sam is. Let's say he's three and a half feet. Right. Say your average hobbit is three and a half feet tall. And if your average dwarf is a foot taller than that, because Thorin is 4'10 and he's, like, kingly and tall. Yeah. And he's, like, you know, tall and kingly for a dwarf. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. If your average dwarf is, like, between 4 and 4 point, like, or 4, 4 foot 6. Yeah. So your average dwarf is around 4 and a half feet tall. Yeah. 
if your average hobbit is three and a half feet tall and your average dwarf is four and a half foot tall, Gollum, when he, when Sam picks Gollum up, yeah, Gollum is bigger than Sam is. That might be. And if Sam is your average hobbit and Gollum is bigger than Sam is, maybe not a foot bigger, but like easily six inches. So the only time I can think of where you see Gollum fully on his feet next to somebody else is Frodo and they're about the same height. But Gollum is always slouching. Right, but at the end of Return of the King, he is like, you see him full height next to Frodo. Stood up. Do we? Yeah, because he stands up from the ground to lunge back at him for the ring. And Frodo and Gollum are around the same height. I think there's just a lot of distortion here from like it being dark, how much Gollum moves around, and the fact that he is hunched all the time. He's not that much bigger than Sam. Okay, so... 30 seconds into the minute, when Sam picks Gollum off of Frodo, Sam is bent over, yes, but Gollum is, like, his his calf is, like, sticking out. But it doesn't look any longer than Sean Astin's calf. But it looks like if Sean, if, if Sam was to stand up, and Gollum was to stand up straight, or kneel up straight, he would be kneeling, and he and Sam would be around the same height. I don't think so, because what we're looking at... That's what it looks like to me. What we're looking at, Sam is also on one knee there. And then he stands up. And then See? he stands up. Gollum's feet are touching the ground. He has Gollum around the chest. I think that And Gollum's, Gollum's heads levels with his. No, I think that Gollum is taller, though, because Gollum's limbs are still all bent when Sam not, stands up straight. Not when he has him around the chest yeah, like that. a little bit. But not a lot. Like, he might only be a couple inches taller than Sam. I don't Sam. think so. I think it's more than a couple inches. Also, it might be distorted from, like, the fight scene and them having to paint around Andy Circus. I know, but I'm just, like, we're analyzing this minute by minute, yeah. so I'm, like, telling you what I'm seeing in this minute. And 30 seconds in, it looks like Gollum is taller than Sam. It doesn't to me. It looks to me like Sam is also on one... They're both on one knee, and Gollum is bent in half. And when he picks him up and he has his arms around the chest, Gollum's feet are all the way to the ground. And he's maybe a few inches taller but than But you Sam. don't see his feet in that shot. But he's all stretched out like a cat. But you don't see his feet you in that shot. You see almost all of his legs, and they're not really bent. I don't agree. I think it's at least I think it's at least four, maybe six inches taller than Sam. No. I, I'm pretty sure Gollum is about the same height as Frodo. What do you guys think? People who are listening to us. <laughs> Ramble on about this. <laughs> what do you, like... I don't know. If you have the time, watch the minute. Tell us what you think. Yeah. Uh, I'm, Slow I'm it down a little. I'm interested to hear other people's. Like, I'm just com- trying to communicate what I am seeing yeah. in like, this minute. I think at most he looks maybe a couple inches taller. Okay. I think he's a little he's a little more than that. Do you have any other notes? They used a painting by Alan Lee of this moment of the sword at Gollum's throat. Mm. They kept it on set as a reference for everybody's posing. That's cool. It's so... <sighs> Frodo is so dramatic. It's so dramatic the way he says... Also, this is... Gollum. Also, this is the... the you've, you've seen, seen it before. before. Haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> before. It's the way he says before. <laughs> 
He stretches out the the latter part of the word. Yeah. The vowel. I like that shot of him. When all you're looking intense. up the blade. Yeah. Yeah. And then we see it again later on in the movie. A similar shot, rather. Yeah. Yeah, I've always liked this uh, this little standoff here. Because Gollum's first reaction is to tighten yeah. his grip on Sam right. before he lets it go. I think that's it for this minute. Thank you all for joining us today. If you're interested in some other Dueling Genre productions, you can go to DuelingGenre.com. And if you are also interested in supporting us, we have a Patreon. And you can find that at DuelingGenre.com slash support. And how. And how. Hope everyone has a great Monday. Uh, as always, special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Ed Foster. We'll be back tomorrow with Minute 12. Bye. Bye.